Hello all, David here. If you're listening to this message, that means that Rob and I were unable to record this week and or upload due to the effects of Hurricane Ida. Yeah, so that's it. I'm probably suffering without air conditioning in swampy Louisiana. (laughs) That's the price of living here. Anyway, uh, last week we celebrated our 52nd episode, and in retrospect, we were talking about our favorite episodes. Rob had liked the Super Smash Brothers episode, which was super long, um, and I had talked about really enjoying our episode on Diablo. So, I thought that in place this week, I would pop in the Diablo episode. Um, That's episode 19, We're Going to Hell in a Handbasket. We did it way back in January. And if you listened to last week's episode, you'll recall that I really enjoyed it because we were able to look back at one of the original design documents for the game and compare it to how the game actually came out from development, from design document development. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully if everything goes okay, next week we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. If you were coming here to look forward to a Need for Speed episode, I apologize, things happen. Can't really account for Mother Nature. She's glorious and awful all at the same time so here is episode 19 we're going to hell in a handbasket enjoy learning all about diablo 24 years later what stands out most about it was the atmosphere it was dark it was brooding so was i back then probably maybe i don't know but this game was unlike anything else i can recall playing up until that point the dungeons were full of evil And the sounds, God, the sounds. Creepy music punctuated by the screams of those souls being tortured by the denizens of hell. And you spent your time heading deeper and deeper into it. It was so mesmerizing and such a unique gaming experience that has stuck with me after all these years. Back in 1997 when it was released, it was heralded as nothing less than a masterpiece. But did it match up to the designer's original vision of the game? And what do you think about it after all these years? We'll discuss this and more as we talk about the original Diablo in today's trip down memory card lane. morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we choose one game that was released during this current week in gaming history. We learn a little about the game and then we use it to have important conversations about how gaming has affected our lives and yours. Today we're going back to 1997. We're going to be taking a look back at Diablo. And we're going to get a little gauge for how y'all felt about Diablo back then versus how we feel about Diablo now. Uh, As another fun side note, 
in the course of my research, I found the original design document, the pitch document, if you will, for Diablo. And we're going to take a look at that and see how it holds up. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, coming to us remotely from the third circle of hell, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, how's the weather down there? Pretty hot, Dave. Though, <laughs> you do live in Louisiana, so I'm sure you know all about that. <laughs> I think Louisiana is like the seventh circle of hell. I don't know. It's pretty sweltering all the time. Although, it was mild today. It was in the 60s. It felt like spring. And you guys are probably still snowed in, aren't you? I mean, not snowed in, but it's definitely in the freezies. Aside from the weather, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good tonight. How about yourself? Doing all right, doing all right. I pulled you away from uh, Ocean Survival Game Raft. How's that going? Well, you're on a raft in the middle of the ocean. So far, that's all I've really seen. <laughs> yeah, no, you it's, it's an enjoyable game so far. I mean, it's very early on, so there's a lot to learn. It's very different than the normal survival games that I've played, but it's kind of got a nice twist to it. Awesome. I'll have to join you sometime since I also have it. Never played it, but we'll get around to it. So, right you are. Diablo, kind of <laughs> interesting. I, yeah. Let's jump right into it. 1993, Rob, where you weren't even born in 93. No, you were not. (laughs) I'm old, but I'm not that old to have lost it. 1993, David Brevik, Eric Schaefer, and Max Schaefer were all working for a digital clip art company. Rob, do you even know what digital clip art is? Uh, Is it clip art that's on the internet? In the digital format? Do you even use, have you ever used clip art? Um, I'm sure I've done some presentations. <laughs> so their digital clip art company, like so many other uh, 90s.com boom companies, it went under. And so they decided that they were going to launch their own company named after a secret project that the clip art company had been working on, which was called Project Condor. Thus. Condor Incorporated was born. Under Condor, Brevik would put together a design document for Diablo in which he described it as a turn-based game, a role-playing game, wherein a player guides a single character and guides him through a dungeon in an attempt to find and destroy Diablo, the devil himself. At the heart of Diablo, he would write, would be a randomly created dungeon. Each time a level is entered, Rooms, corridors, traps, treasures, monsters, and stairways will be randomly placed, providing a new gaming experience every time Diablo is played. In addition to random halls and rooms, larger set pieces, like a maze or a crypt, will be pre-designed and appear intact in the levels to facilitate the addition of thematic elements. Deeper levels will contain progressively more difficult creatures, with the goal being to defeat Diablo, who resides deep in the dungeon. Sounds like a pretty cool game, huh? That it does. So, in the design document, it's written that expandability and replay value are the keys to Diablo's success. The randomly generated dungeon ensures that no two games would ever be the same. Not only that, but the design document lays out a marketing campaign that literally says there are two products here. Diablo, which of course we just described it stands on its own, 
and also its expansion packs. Hmm. 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 Like, gotta love them expansion packs. That gotta love old it. school DLC. Yeah. Right. So its expansion packs would consist of one disc and maybe an information card in a small package. That disc would contain new elements that are directly installable into the Diablo game, such as new magical items, new creatures, traps, or new level graphics. Expansion dicks. Dicks? Yeah, mm-hmm. expansion. Damn <laughs> <laughs> it. Expansion discs would be all different combinations of these items and different rarities. Uh, the document stated that they believed that these expansion discs <laughs> should be priced around $4.95 which is $8.03 now, if you were wondering. And they would be placed near registers as point-of-purchase items. And it even suggested adding a collector-type art card, which could represent a rare item in the pack to enhance the collectability of these packs. Okay? So if it wasn't obvious, the document actually calls out Magic the Gathering as providing some of the inspiration for marketing Diablo. You know, Magic the Gathering back in nineteen the the mid nineties was was huge. I I played Magic the Gathering back then. It was right in that time that it was booming. That cards were selling for thousands of dollars. That you know everyone that that that, that was the fad back then. Did you ever play Magic the Gathering? Uh, I used to play almost daily with my roommates in college. Nice, very nice. I'm pretty sure we played together, and that was a stupid question. I actually don't know that we have. Yeah, I don't know that we have either. Hmm. Hmm. So I probably as it, you probably I, I don't know. Did you play standard or commander? Uh standard. Standard? Yep, never did commander, although I do have a commander deck that mom got me. It's just my roommates didn't ever do so You I know, I, when I lived it. in my bachelor pad with the others, uh they used to do weekly to gathering games and they were commander games, so I have a commander deck nice. somewhere too. So if it wasn't, as the document stated, you know, it it literally says, the tremendous success of Magic is testament to the willingness of players to continue to make small additional purchases to revitalize their existing games. And in the PC world, Diablo would have no other real competition in this respect. Eh? Eh? I mean, think about it. This is 1993. This is this is there. There is no widespread internet. Uh, I mean, it was there, but th- this is this is, you know, it wasn't in every home at the time. It wasn't really a thing. The the so there's no Xbox Live or Steam or anything like that. This is you buying you, you going to electronic boutique, and all the game boxes would be lined up on all the shelves. And whatever one was interesting to you, you'd grab and you take home. And here they're like, hey, we're going to put them next to gas station registers, pretty much. And people are going to buy them $5 at a pop. It's honestly quite a genius. Uh, and I don't know. You know, we. Here's the deal, right? We bitch and we moan and we whine about microtransactions nowadays. But the truth of the matter is, is even as early as 93 and maybe even sooner, you know, we may find that sooner as we delve more into history in more other episodes, they were already kind of designing, you know, thinking of ways they could get more money out of us uh, almost in a microtransaction setting. Does that make sense? 
No, absolutely it does. And I mean, we see that that marketing strategy has worked for decades <laughs> at this point. Hell yeah, it's worked. I mean, that's, that is a... Microtransactions are a staple of the gaming industry. And, uh, you know, we complain about it, but realistically, it's our fault. They wouldn't do it if it wasn't a profitable <laughs> profitable way to develop a game. And, you know, it's like anything. If we buy, they'll they'll do... You know, we complain about games. Shit, we just went through the release of Cyberpunk, you know? Time and time again, we buy these games and we build the hype and, and we're, you know, we get so ready and in and, and the back of our minds, we know that this could happen. And here we are, we get another game release, it's buggy and it's shit. And we're going, ooh, what's going on? As if it's not a fucking cycle that we do all of the time. I mean, all the time, constantly. At least with that. I mean, let's be honest. There's some game releases that you can almost always count on. You know, for instance, that when a first-party Nintendo game releases, it's not going to be like that. You know what I mean? Not nowadays. You don't think so? I meant, I agree that nowadays that is oh. the case. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. true enough. I said that weird. You did say that weird, you weirdo. <clears throat> so Nowadays, that's correct. Nowadays, that's correct. When was yeah. Nintendo buggy? I mean, are we going to talk about 3D Mario? Uh, what, what was that uh, device called? The Famicom? No, not Famicom. That's the Japanese. You mean the Virtual uh, Boy? Virtual Boy. Thank you. The Virtual Boy wasn't buggy in the respect that it was a uh, release. It was just... Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. There's nothing. There's just nothing special about it. It was... It was. It's like the Wii U. Wii U was a, a nice system that just didn't resonate with people. Like the Virtual Virtual Boy was ahead of its time in a lot of ways, although not at the same time. Because let's be honest, we were doing 3D wireframe way back in like the 70s. We just weren't making it first person to us. You know what I mean? So before moving on, I want to take a another moment and note that in the original design documents, uh, it. it stated that the world of Diablo would have a dark and evil tone, that initial levels would be set in an abandoned gothic church, and then marble mausoleums, crypts, and catacombs would follow, leading all the way down to Diablo's opulent chambers. So, kind of kind of interesting. I gotta tell you, I, you know, I, you know I love the history part of this. I started this podcasts wanting to talk about the feelings and and how we perceive games and and how important they are to us but i really love the history and i don't do the history as much although i haven't lately because i love it but i don't do it as much because i feel like there's ten thousand podcasts that are gaming history podcasts but it's a damn shame because shit like this is fascinating i literally found the original design document it's not like i was on wikipedia looking up this stuff like someone literally archived the condor incorporated design document for diablo complete with like clip it had like photocopied pictures from you know dante's you know dante's inferno the novel you know all the all the artists and everything to show their vision and everything like it's it's super cool to have like literally what's a piece of history in front of us and be able to see this vision of this game way back in 1993. If by any chance you're interested in that, I did put the design 
uh, document. I linked to it on our show notes, so you can go to memorycardlane.com and click on the episode notes for today and see the design document for itself. It, it's really, it, I just really love getting my hands on what's such an important document. Honestly, I, I, it's history for us as gamers. Okay, off my soapbox. All right, time to move on. Hey. <laughs> okay. Oh my God! Fill in the space. Hey man, you just got going there. I like the history. What can I say? Should be no surprise. No, no, it's not. So while planning Diablo, Condor Incorporated worked on some sports and licensed game. Uh, for instance, they made NFL Quarterback Club '93 and '94, eh? Because we both know those were hits. Eh? That's great, they were. That's <laughs> right. One of the licensed games that they worked on was Justice League Task Force for the Sega Genesis. And at E3 that year, they showcased the game. There, they met a company who was showcasing the exact same game for the Super Nintendo. As it turns out, the publisher had hired both companies independently to work on separate versions and never told one another that the, the other existed, truth be told. Uh, despite this, the two versions were very similar to one another. The company that was making the Super Nintendo version was a company called Silicon and Synapse, which was for you know the Silicon chips and synapses in the brain. That was their name. Uh, well, it was the first... Fascinating, huh? Silicon and Synapse. Ever heard of them before? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Mm. So this was the mm. first time that Condor and Silicon and Synapse would meet, but it wouldn't be the last. So while at the expo, both companies expressed the idea to one another that they wanted to strike out on their own and make a PC game, but that they were struggling to find someone to share in their vision. Silicon <clears throat> and Synapse would be the first to go out on their own, and they would later rename themselves Blizzard Entertainment to go on to find success creating the Warcraft series. Ever heard of Blizzard? Never. Never heard of Blizzard. <laughs> nope. Never in my life. Can't say that I have. Yeah, I know, I have. right? Such an unknown company, that Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, they can't be doing that well. You know, one of these days we'll have to do Warcraft. I, I don't think, you know, we planned our episodes pretty far ahead at this point. I don't think Warcraft is on there. But it'll be fascinating, or hell, if we need to fill in an episode, I could probably do entire episodes on the companies themselves and their history, which I think would be really fascinating. Again, that's the history part, though. We want to get the touchy-feelies. Um, so they had success with the Warcraft series, and they came back and they heard Condor's pitch for Diablo. They liked what they heard, and they offered to publish the game, but they requ the requirements that they set forth were, was that it would be in real time, and it would be in multiplayer. So see, if you recall back to the design document, Diablo was originally designed as a turn-based game. That was the plan for it. You know, the, the guys were fans of old-school RPGs, and they wanted to make that in a you know third-party, isometric way. Um, in fact, another side note, the art style for Diablo, they pulled directly from the XCOM series. Literally, you can take the grids the way XCOM is designed and put it right on top of Diablo, and they're an exact match because that's 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 what they did. That's what they did. Hey, when, yeah, buddy. I know, you, have you ever played XCOM? No, I have not. Yeah, see, there's another gap that we need to fill for you. So creating the game in real time was a controversial decision. 
because everyone had turn-based RPG in mind, but they wanted to take advantage of this ability to publish. And so Brevik recalls the moment that the, they took a vote as a company and everyone voted yes except for him. And so it was decided that Diablo was going to be a uh, you know real-time game. So, uh, so on a random Saturday, he took a few hours and he had their turn-based engine in real time. Uh, you can find a lot of uh, interviews with David Brevik and he'll talk a lot about where he recalls the moment that he clicked the mouse and he watched what was formerly a turn-based character walk across the room in real time, smash a skeleton, and he'll remember saying out loud, oh my god, that was awesome. And I guess it would be, right? If all you're used to is these games that have, you know, click, move, click, turn, 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 to be able to see it done in real time was probably really awesome. He called the moment the moment that the action RPG was born, notes that it was an amazing moment and was lucky enough to be there. Now, I would like to note that I don't think that it's the moment that ARPGs were born, per se. There's earlier games like Gauntlet. Uh, Rob, are you familiar with Gauntlet? Uh, something you wear on your hand. Cool. Uh, we can move on. Uh, <laughs> Ultimas. So Gauntlet, the Ultimas, they were games that kind of more that, that had elements of action RPGs, um, that had action RPGs before that. However, however, like many other games we've talked about, like Civilization with the 4X genre, like Doom with the first-person shooter genre, this was the game that defined the action RPG movement, so much so that after this, all these games, and they still are to this day, called Diablo Clones. Diablo is still the game series that everyone else is held to in this genre, which honestly is kind of impressive. I, we hadn't really thought about this this angle before. I guess with Civ, you know, Civ is still the, the granddaddy of the 4X genre, and I think it still sets the standard. But I don't think that Doom is still the, the game that all the first-person shooters are, are, are held to that standard. You, you get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I would agree. So we never really covered the aspect and, and the fact that games can lose that title. But in this case, I, I don't know if you disagree, but I think that, and, and look, there are some great additions to it. I think by the numbers right now, Path of Exile, which is another ARPG, is an excellent game. And I believe its player base is just as big, if not bigger than Diablo at the moment. So maybe I'm a little out of touch. But I do believe that everyone comes clamoring every time there's a new Diablo and they're waiting for it to continue the standard that it's set the whole time. You know, you, would, would you agree with that? Uh, that I would, yeah. I mean, I know this isn't your genre, right? This is, before we did this episode, you came and we talked about it. You, ha you had never played a Diablo game, correct? Correct. But that's changed now, has it not? Nah, yeah, I got to ah, play the first one. You got to play the first one with me, no less. How cool was that? Wait, save that. We're going to get back into that. Promise. Okay. Promise. Okay. okay. Little, little teaser. So, couple other fun facts about Diablo's development. Late in 96, David Brevik recalled that when Diablo was in crunch mode, a businessman named Sabir Biatia came to him and said, basically, I'm going to make email on the internet. I'll give you 10% of my company if you let me have a room in the back of your office to work. And Brevik replied with, no way, this doesn't make sense. Email on the internet? I already have email on the internet. And with Blizzard North, which is what D Condor would later get renamed, and it was named at the time, 
uh, and Warcraft was Blizzard South. They were they were, you know, two separate company development studios under the Blizzard banner. Um, and with B- Blizzard North crunching away at Diablo, Brevik remembers telling Batia that he couldn't spare any room to work on his company. Uh, his company that company would later become known as Hotmail, which would be worth four hundred million dollars at one point. So Brevik would have earned forty million dollars today had he let this dude use a room in the back of his off his his you know offices at the time. How funny is that? I mean, that's pretty pretty upsetting. I would be pretty upset if I was him. (laughs) I know it's a tough choice. You know, you don't really know the guy, but at the same time, like, it was a room. Yeah, it was a room. Yeah, just one room. Another funny anecdote. So when Diablo finally came out, uh, it was the game that Battle.net came out with. There, there wasn't really a Battle.net. It was being, it was being built alongside the Warcrafts and the Diablos of the world. And so when Battle.net came out, or when da- Diablo came out, Battle.net ran on only one computer. <laughs> Imagine that one computer. So the way networking was set up back then, at least in terms of Diablo, is the connections were peer-to-peer. So all this computer had to do was help make the connections. And then once the connection was made, it handed everything off to the host computer, right? And so every game of Diablo ever, not ever, but at you know in the beginning was hosted through one, one computer in the middle of Blizzard's offices somewhere. That was that- one important computer. Well, you know what else? Uh, it was one important computer. But you know what else is also only run on one computer? What's that? Rocket League servers. <laughs> like, actually? Or is... <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no. it, sure, it seems like it. <laughs> I mean, I would oh. not disagree. I would not not believe that. <laughs> Looking at you, Epic. Oh, but I had to get a goddamn jab in on those Rocket League servers, man. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say... Tarkov is not much better at times. There no. have been times where I've waited 20 minutes to get into a game. <laughs> oh. So that's the development of Diablo, and that brings us to January 3rd, 97. Uh, 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 assumably January 3rd. The release date is really freaking muddy, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, officially, Blizzard announced availability of Diablo on January 3rd, 97, so that's the official release date. Some West Coast retailers broke the uh blo- broke the street date and so it was being sold on the west coast as early as january 2nd and brevik recalls that there were some places selling it as early as december 31st 1996 uh because of all this muddy time and everything it, it would be considered a 96 game uh we're gonna talk about it a little bit but when it wins game of the year and everything don't be confused when it's 96 and not 97 but officially its release date is January 3rd, 97. I guess that's only three days in a 97. It's close enough, right? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. It's good enough for government work. It's good enough for me. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> so, like I alluded to a short while ago, you and I had an opportunity to play Diablo, right? Right. We played a few hours. It's not like we delve into it. I, I played a little bit more than you, but you joined me for a few hours. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of that. I, I want to hold some of the what we thought about it, but distinctly, you know, d- distinctly, right now specifically, how close, we just talked about the original Vision document, how close do you think it is to the original Vision? 
I think that it did a pretty good job just based on what I saw. I mean, we did get to change the dungeon once, so I got to see that it actually does randomly generate, which is really cool. And it definitely had change out of a, it definitely had a changing layout. So there was different places where you would find different things, and you know, didn't get too deep into the game, so I can't speak to like getting down and defeating Diablo. But it definitely had a lot of changing things to it. Um, it was definitely confusing at first. I definitely struggled trying to figure out, you know, what to buy, how to heal. I'm oh, sure yeah. having There's the no... documents in front of you would be easy. But no, it's not. There's no hand holding. Oh. There's no hand holding in that game whatsoever. It's still. It's so even still... the instruction booklet didn't have any instructions I'm... telling you what to do. I'm sure the instruction booklet did have things telling you what to do. But the learning curve of Diablo was notoriously a little steep. Now, with that being said, you and I kind of went about it more in a speed run type manner because we were trying to, I was trying to introduce as much of the game to you as I could in a short amount of time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, we didn't explore the story much, we didn't explore the village much. You were a magic-based character, and I never took you to go see the witch, which is the person that sells all your spells and everything, for instance. Uh, that yeah. would have made it a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we, we goofed around for a little bit. Uh, I, I, for one, would like to finish it. I, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the whole series, and it's kind of... I hadn't, I hadn't gone back to the original in a long, long time. And the first thing you asked me when we were playing was, does this bring you back? And the answer is, yeah, it did bring me back. And it, it's kind of fun. Now, with that being said, th there, are, there, are, there are things about it that aren't, you know, rose-colored, rose-tinted glasses, right? You, we always talk about how we look at old games through modern lenses, and we definitely do that. And there's, there's things that don't hold up, but uh, we're going to talk about that later on. Little little teaser, right? Okie dokie. Okie dokie. But back to the topic is, I'm inclined to agree. I think that it was, I, I, it stuck to the vision. Aside from going from turn based to real time, everything else, pretty much, and the expansion discs, they never did de develop an expansion disc system like that. Um, that went to the wayside. The real, the the turn base went to the the wayside. Um, but literally everything else, everything else was, was about there, huh? It was. Awesome. So we're here in development, and it's January of 97, and the game has been released to the world. So how did people feel about it? Was it critically panned, or was it well-received, Rob? You know, I would just have to guess that it was critically panned. I, I you know, I, I just had that feeling. I just had that feeling. Great games always were crapped on. You think so? Nah, not really, but I just feel like that's the case in this situation. <laughs> well, let's look back at GameStop, or GameSpots, back in January of 97. The tagline for the GameSpot article is, Diablo is the best game to come out in the past year, and you should own a copy. Period. Still sticking with it? Yeah, clearly they said it's crap. 
The article states that every now and then a game comes along that is so simple and addictive that it affects the way that video games are made forever. Games like SimCity, Populous, Dune 2, and Doom. Look at that. Look at that list. That's such a fucking good list, isn't it? Uh, if you've played them, sure. I've only played one of those and kind of dabbled in a second one. So that plea, you played SimCity and dabbled in Doom? Uh, it, backwards. You played Doom and dabbled in SimCity? You've never really played SimCity? You know, I, I swear we had like a copy on a Super Nintendo and like we I did. remember I remember just sending natural disasters through the city and that was it. That's literally all that I ever did. And after about five minutes, I was like, wow, this is boring. I wouldn't I didn't understand there was more to it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I wouldn't have expected you to play Dune 2. Uh, that, that that is a game that we'll cover at some point. Uh, it's it. Dune 2 is the. Dune 2 is the game that basically laid the groundwork for mainstream real-time strategy games. A lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of elements that are common to that genre were first shown in Doom 2. So I don't, I don't think I would really expect that. Are you familiar with the Populous series at all? Isn't that a type of tree? <laughs> yes, the Populous tree. Good job. Populous is the granddaddy of the god genre. Uh, I mean, SimCity maybe made the city building aspect of it popular, but Populous is Populous is 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 where those things came from. Anyway, uh, so as the article notes, games like SimCity, Populous, Dune Two, and Doom all changed the face of computer gaming for years to come. Now Blizzard, the company that refined the real-time strategy game to near perfection, has unleashed Diablo a title that combines the elegant simplicity of an action game and the addictive storyline of an adventure game with the personalization and explore, ex exploration of an old-school RPG. I like how they noted that Blizzard refined the real-time strategy game to near perfection. Do you remember what game they did that with? Was it Diablo? No. Wait, real-time strategy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just talked mm. about it. Like, it, I, I mean, I mentioned it. What's their other one they're pop that they're known for? Mm, you know, was it SimCity? No, come on, was it, was it Populous? No, World of Warcraft. Well, not World of Warcraft, but Warcraft, yes. So, oh, oh, I was, I was trying to make it funny. Mm, I mean, it is a real-time strategy game. All those, you know, gamers trying to decide how they can strategize more time sitting on their front of their computer. I don't know. I'm done. Hey, man, if I had enough space on my computer, I'd be playing it. Don't you joke. <laughs> oh, man. Computer Game Strategy Plus, January of 97. Rob, I'm sure everyone is tired of hearing me babble on, so why don't you take the helm and cover this one? What did Computer Game Strategy Plus have to say in January of 97? <clears throat> First off, I had no idea that was actually the name of a comic or a, a magazine. Magazine. That's... That's Computer Game Strategy Plus. That's that sounded like a genre of game. <laughs> Anywho, Computer Game Strategy Plus says in their article that although it is billed as the role-playing game, dedicated RPGers will find nothing resembling multi-class character generation or party building, except in multiplayer mode, and statistics mongers will find the character screen shy of the hardcore categories they may be used to. If we viewed Diablo as an action game with role-playing elements, however... It shines in every area. Despite the rather pale storyline, 
at least within the game itself, watered-down quests, and a fair amount of unnecessary repetition, Diablo is a must for anyone interested in just plain fun. I find it interesting that it says rather pale storyline, at least within the game itself. I I don't remember... I know it's hard now. We've got 24, uh, 24 years, you know, down the line, and there's so much lore. There's novels and and a comic, probably, and three games that have built on the lore, so it's hard to remember. I do know that I, you know, the game itself probably doesn't have a lot of story. I mean, it's not a lot, a lot of, not a lot of narration. You know what I mean? Like you meet someone in the village, they tell you some gossip, and then you go into the dungeon to take care of the quest. And there's different quests every time. You don't, you don't, you don't necessarily meet every bad guy, every character, except for Diablo, every time you run through the dungeon. That's part of the fun. I know you didn't get to play it a lot, but that was a lot of part <clears throat> of the fun. What about PC games, Rob? What did PC games back then in 97 have to say about Diablo? Well, back in 97, PC Games had to say that for all its similarities to classic RPGs, Diablo is a genre unto itself. If you're looking for the classic RPG experience, you may be disappointed, but it's more likely that you'll be intrigued by what you find. Diablo's look, feel, and gameplay are different from those of any RPG you've ever played. The best way to describe it is as Gauntlet meets Daggerfall. It's part Twitch-oriented combat that will have you clicking your mouse like a madman, part resource management, part character building, and part strategy. You will be overwhelmed in the truest sense of the word by Diablo's minions, and you must use your wits and reflexes to survive. As a whole, Diablo is a must-play for RPG fans, fantasy fans, fans of the old Gauntlet arcade game, and fans of excellent games. So I know you joked before, but do you, do you know the game Gauntlet at all? At all, at all? I cannot say that I do. How about Daggerfall? Uh, that, that has something to do with a falling dagger, right? <laughs> Gauntlet was a four-person, like, top-down RPG uh, that was an arcade. It was later released on systems. They tried to remake it somewhere in the mid-20... I don't know, somewhere in the last decade, at early 10, 11, 12, and it just didn't stick. And then Dagger Falls Elder Scrolls, the second one. And you know the Elder Scrolls series, do you not? Mm, no, nope, I, nope. I never, you've never no. heard of Elder Scrolls nope, in any way, exactly shape, or form. Exactly not. In like the last, you know, ten episodes ago, when we talked uh, about it, I, I, I just I forgot all about it. I know that's what I mean. That's it's, 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 that's I'm just trying to remind you. You know, not everyone can be a regular encyclopedia of video games like this old dude over here. Right, you are. Good lord. Uh, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit, right? With the little bit of time you got to spend on it, how do you feel about that that review? Twitch-oriented combat. Fair? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really understand what that means. So you probably clicked your mouse, waited for the swing, clicked your mouse again, waited for the swing type deal, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the... Your hitting in Diablo is based on a percentage, and you put points into your is it dexterity to increase your hit range from it starts out at sixty percent, it goes up from there. And so, what most of us just do is spam our mouse button because every mouse click is a hit, and you'll get more hits in that way. Oh, so, yeah. 
part resource management is fine, part character building is fine, part strategy. And then overwhelmed by Diablo's minions? Yeah, huh. I'd say so. Yeah, I, I only got to the second floor of a dungeon before I got swarmed and massacred. And you know, it's funny because nice. that's, that's one of the things Gauntlet was kind of known... I don't know, maybe it wasn't really known for. I'm trying to think of other games in which, you know, other games, you, you were sworn by enemies, uh, RPG games. I'm sure there's other ones, but whichever, so. Well, needless to say, Rob, despite your best efforts, uh, you were not right. Diablo was incredibly well-received. Uh, it won overall Game of the Year, 96, from Computer Gaming World, from GameSpot, and from Computer Game Entertainment. And most of the publications that didn't give it overall game of the year, it gave it best RPG of the year. Uh, yeah. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. God so how, me how did players feel about uh, Diablo back in 97? I, I have no clue. I tried to find player reviews. I really did. I had no luck whatsoever. The internet was barely anything in 97. I mean, for fuck's sake, Blizzardnet was one computer. Who the hell was recording player reviews back then i had to find uh again linked on our show notes uh www.memorycardlane.com i had to go back to the old internet archive to find some of those articles did you do you know about the internet archive you ever you ever go to the old school internet archive i don't mess with that voodoo dark web stuff (laughs) it's not the dark web it's just the internet archive that's where they that's where we found them so that would be called a library no, that'd be called the internet. But yeah, I guess an archive is a library. Well, now let's talk about it. We talked about if the game was Division, let's talk about how we felt about the game. How? Well, first of all, did you enjoy the game? You could say no, it's okay. You know, I didn't play enough of it to say definitively yes or no. I mean... I will openly admit that I have started downloading third in the series, which will be different than the first, but I intend on playing the first and then finding a copy of the second and doing the third kind of in a row because I kind of want to give it a chance. Yeah, don't, don't, don't skip the second one. I didn't intend on it, but I guess to that point, if I'm willing to give it another chance, I had to have enjoyed it at least a little. Yeah, I... As a side note, since this is the first time hearing of it, I would really like to play through them with you. I would like to finish the first one. It's, you know, it's a 12, 14 hour investment to, and most of it's all building up your character. The second one, I think, is the best, personally. I just love the second one. It's got so much lore and the, the speed is great. The characters are great. The Everything is good. Not that I didn't like the third one. The third one is has got some obvious quality of life upgrades, and I own the third one both here on the PC and on my Xbox. So if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have bought it a few times over. But um, yeah, I do very much like the third one. It's a it's a it's a good series, and it's neat to see how it progressed. Okay, so graphics. Let's look back at let's look back at ninety seven. How graphics? Graphics are kind of dated. Huh? Yeah, it was yeah. it was difficult to discern what I was looking at. So so look, so I I found Diablo for you. I, I found it for you. I found uh I, I found one of my old copies and found you know they make it that they, they they've updated it for modern 
they've updated it for modern machines. Uh, you just have to pull the assets from your own copy of Diablo. So I found that the modern remake pulled the assets from a copy I had and sent it to you. And just so I didn't feel awful about it, I actually rebought it. Uh, they do sell it nowadays on goodoldgames.com, GOG.com. And I bought another copy because they made some quality of life upgrades for Windows 10. But that being said, the point I was making is when I first found it and was playing it, I thought that it reminded me a lot of, and not completely, but it, it was very reminiscent of RuneScape for me. And that's why I wanted to send it to you to see if you had any of the same feeling whatsoever. What do you think about that? Mm, you know, I mean, when you put it in that term, being especially that I am actively playing the scape of Rune, um, I, I know it. I, I know it doesn't have very. I, I can they're see, similar. Like the textures, I can see are similar. Although I will say that the 3D being early on, it was probably great, but it was very difficult for me to discern like different rooms and like what was a wall versus what was actually oh, still yeah. open. Yeah, yeah, that made it difficult. I you will have that. Fi- you have that fixed perspective that RuneScape doesn't have that does make it very difficult. But I think that the graphics are similar. I know that there is no skill tree involved in the same respect. But RuneScape is very grindy, and that's what early early Diablo was known for, was being grindy too. And so I didn't think that you were going to have a problem with the grind, truthfully. I didn't have uh, a problem with the grind. It, well, the only reason there was a problem with the grind is that, you know, I you didn't, didn't really understand, understand the yeah. playing. So, like, I died a lot and lost my stuff. So Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I should be uh, used to that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> The speed, the speed of the game, it's slow. It's very slow. It's slow until you get ramrodded by 18,000 enemies. Yeah, but even even then it's slow. You get ramrodded by 1,000 enemies, but it's almost like everyone is moving in slow-mo. Like, they're hitting you, and you're trying to move, and they interrupt your animation, and it just... it just feels slow. That's all. I, I'm not saying I don't like it, but it, it, if we if we want to talk about how it holds up, let's be honest, it's kind of slow. So now, with that being said, I don't. I think that the atmosphere, I think that the art style, and I think that the music, the sound design in particular, hold up incredibly well. Incredibly well. Uh, I had forgotten how goddamn creepy Diablo was. Uh, For those of you that don't know the music, it's got this really dark brooding music with people screaming because let's face it, you're you're finding your way down to hell. So you literally have tortured souls screaming in your ear all the time and I have forgot how freaking good that was. (laughs) That's, That's what I'm gonna say. I forgot how good that was. What do you think? It was definitely interesting and kind of shocking to hear because, you know, it, it starts out in the beginning, just a nice chord, you know, oh, just yeah, repeating chord melodic. And you're like, oh, this is kind of enjoyable. And then it just keeps going and you're just it's like delving into madness. No, that's a good way to put it. Well, and you and I didn't even get to play far enough for the dungeons to start to reflect the the to reflect you going down into hell. But the further down you get, the the dungeons change too. And, like, hell itself, if I remember correctly, is, like, 
you know, stacked flesh. It's like flesh walls. So uh, it's kind of, it's really creepy. Really, really creepy. You did not get to play. I know you didn't find him because I didn't find him when we were together. But the fucking butcher, the butcher is in every single Diablo game. And I stumbled onto the butcher in the first one. God damn, is he still frightening. My God, the first time you hear him scream fresh meat and you're not ready for it. You're not ready for it in any way, shape or form. Uh, the first time you find him, it's pretty terrifying, to be honest with you. So for all the butcher fans out there, represent, you know what I mean? Well, you don't know what I mean, but yeah, at one point, no, you, I'll take you, your word for it. Yeah, you and I, you and I all stumble across the butcher. I promise. There, there is no way we can't. So we're talking about Diablo in the now, and what I, what I was able to do because in March of 2019, this was released, like I said, on on GOG.com, and it's a version that was you know put in a DirectX wrapper and updated to play on Windows 10. So you could go on GOG right now. It's ten bucks. If it's not on sale, normal price is ten bucks. It's absolutely worth it. You can go on GOG.com and you can play Diablo uh, if you want to experience the first one. Um, but a lot of people there, uh, literally hundred and sixty some pages of reviews are found on GOG.com. So we've already talked about how we feel about Diablo, but how do you feel about Diablo right now? This first one by Hellborn Blight. Hellborn Blight writes, The first game in the series was always the most atmospheric and is a big part of why I enjoyed it so much. On the details of why I found it to be the better game, even to its much lauded predecessor, things like being able to use magic from non-magic classes, the focus on a few core stats for a much more straightforward experience, and also the greater degree of investment in the NPCs are, f- are a few of the reasons why. Uh, a great p- piece of history to give perspective on the genre for newbies and an obvious trip down memory lane for the rest of us. I, I couldn't help myself when I saw him actually say trip down memory lane. Uh, a great game for all. Sorry, I had to, I had to put that plug in. Yeah. Yeah. That's who we are. Well, you know, I will agree with him. I, I, I think the atmosphere in the first Diablo is awesome. In fact, I think it, out of all of them, it might be my favorite in terms of, in terms of atmosphere. It may not be the best game, but the atmosphere is, there's something so crude about it that makes that atmosphere a ton of fun. So Rob, what else, what else did our listeners have to say? Uh, are the people out there have to say about Diablo? Well, another user on GOG, by the name of Apathy Curve, writes that installs and works fine on Windows 10, which is refreshing. I believe, however, they should have added one more loot item to the game. Rose-colored glasses. So you can (laughs) see the game the way it appears in your memory. Not that I didn't expect the graphics to be dated, but... Wow. I'm certainly not going to knock off a star for it. I regularly play AskSee Roguelikes on a 4K gaming box, so graphics really are irrelevant to gameplay for me. It's just a bit jarring. And one more thing that makes me feel like the old man I have become. Like when I look in the mirror in the morning and think, how did this happen? Well, Rob. I have an answer, bud. It's because you play Ask the Roguelikes <laughs> on a 4K gaming box. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh. I joke, I kid, but I mean, come on. That's what made you old. I do I do like that he's like, 
We should have added rose-colored glasses. <laughs> we joke about that a lot on here. That it's really hard to look back at games and not imprint, you know, the 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 you know, subsequent twenty years in gaming onto onto it. I, I think that's really hard, and and we try every week to separate ourselves from all that all that additional gaming history. But let's be honest, it's it's kind of hard, huh? Absolutely. Well, not everybody felt the same way about the game. Uh, not everyone who played it recently is in love with it. Chaotic here on a game, good old games wrote, "It's a pain, it has painfully slow gameplay and controls horribly." Yes, people that give this game five stars are definitely wearing rose-tinted glasses of nostalgia. See, look at that. That guy made a direct reference to the last guy. <laughs> mm, that he did. So many things were missing from this game. I thought it was early access. No map in town. That one was hilarious. Even more so than no sprint or skill tree. Diablo 1 is the boring sister with a personality of a brick wall that has two left feet that no guy wants to touch. Jesus Christ, that is oddly specific. <laughs> D2, Diablo 2, is the interesting sister with personality, charm, and good looks that every guy wants to go out with. Oh, there you go, Rob. Now you have a reason to look forward to Diablo 2, because it's the interesting sister with personality. Ooh. Why don't you take the next one? Because uh, Chaotic definitely wasn't the only person who felt this way, huh? That you are right. So, another user on GOG Good Old Games named Seb12Yo, probably Seb12Year12-year-old. Yeah. But Set12Yo writes, I'm 100% sure this game was absolutely awesome when you played it in your room at night in 1996 to 2000 on a 15 inch CRT screen. We're living in 2019 now, and I can't force myself to play this. The graphics are shit, the controls are horrible, the gameplay is rather slow, and the game itself is extremely repetitive. There's nothing really happening in Diablo 1, just a well made but blatant dungeon crawler. You slay monsters, use a portal back to town, buy new stuff, go back, and slay again. If you want to play it for the sake of playing the first Diablo game, go for it. Don't expect having a blast. I'd rather recommend playing Diablo and Torchlight 1 and 2. You know, I don't know how I feel about this one. It's a well-made but blatant dungeon crawler. Does this dude not understand that we didn't have dungeon crawlers back then? Like, that there wasn't another... There wasn't another game like this. I mean, yeah, we had RPGs. We had the Gauntlets. We had the the Elder Scrolls. We had the Ultimas. We had role-playing games, but we didn't have this. We didn't have randomly generated dungeons. We didn't have loot pools like this. We didn't have... We didn't have this. It's it's easy to look at it now and say it sucks. Yeah, Diablo 2 is awesome. Torchlight 1 and 2 are really great alternatives. Not so sure about the third one, but 1 and 2 are great alternatives to to it. And hell, we talked about Path of Exile in the beginning. You know, there's a lot of alternatives, but back in 1997, there was nothing that could stand alongside this game. It was the dungeon crawler. Period. End stop. End of transmission. Do not pass go. Don't click two hundred dollars. They're just they're. Ugh. I. That's where I struggle with modern reviews because. I don't know. 
and I guess he's right because in 2019 he's comparing it to the whole genre, but I, I think that's a little not fair. I don't know. All right, off my soapbox. You afraid to, afraid to chime in after that one, huh? Yeah, no, I'm I'm just letting you do your thing. <laughs> when are we gonna find something that you get angry about? That's the thing, man. You just don't get angry. My secret. I'm always here. I'm always angry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We like to talk about how this game has affected our lives, the lives of others, gaming, just every game that we talk about has to have some relevance, right? So let's talk about the legacy of Diablo. Rob, to you, what does Diablo mean to gamers, to the game genre, to to what 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 is Diablo's legacy? Well, as we discussed earlier, it was the creation of the ARPG genre. Kinda. I mean, yeah. It was it was the defining moment for the well, genre. Yeah, I'll give you defining, that one. Yeah, well, I'll give you that one. Uh, you know, it's it's remembered for loot, loot, more loot. You Lots know, loot. when loot. we we did yes, loot. when we did Borderlands, loot. we talked about Borderlands, right? Because Borderlands is another one of those loot based um, games. Uh, yeah. Fun fact: we talked about Borderlands and respected it. It's one of the few games my wife will actually play. The other one that she'll play are Diablo. Those are it. Those are your two: Diablo and Borlands, because she's a little loot fiend and loves stealing loot from me and cackles. Man, does she cackle like she's a freaking witch or something? It's kind of creepy, honestly. But uh, I do think this is one of the early games that loot was, and it got better Diablo too. But you had unique loot and special loot, and I, I don't know. I think that that was a lot of fun. What about the fandom? You know, people, we have Diablo Immortals in development right now. We have Diablo 4 announced recently. Rob, people are still clamoring for a new Diablo, are they not? Absolutely, they are. I mean, you know, Doom 4, everyone freaks out. Diablo 4? Uh, yeah, Diablo 4, everyone freaks out. <laughs> well, Diablo right, 3, yeah, I know. And you know, Diablo three sold in its first three years over thirty million copies. Thirty and now thirty million and one because you said you found Diablo three. So uh thirty million copies. I can't even wrap my head around that number. It had uh I didn't note this down, but if I remember correctly, it's thirty million copies and it's something like fourteen point three point four point five million unique users um that's just such a that's such an amazing fucking number 30 million copies of diablo 3 i mean ugh, that's a lot of people that played diablo 3 that it is well rob so we got to the defining moment of the uh action rpg genre we have uh, uh, definitely the beginning of a genre that, that started that whole uh, loot addiction uh, thing that is now so prevalent in so many games. It's, it's the thing. And you have a fervent fandom that are still clamoring for games 24 years later. Anything else that Legacy or anything else that Diablo has given to the world? 
Uh, you know, I myself can't think of anything, but uh, I'll ask yourself the same question. What do you think? No, Is there anything uh, we've missed? I don't think so. I, 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 I th- th- those are, those are it. Those are, those are the things I think. I think it's an excellent game that still gives, honestly. And it's something that doesn't get old. There aren't a lot of games that you can say that about. There are still a, a people that are, I mean, literally with this game on GOG, people are still playing it. I was on the Reddit, uh, the Diablo subreddit, you know, looking for topics and, and doing my research. And as people are still posting about the first one, I want to play through the first one. Who wants to play with me? I have this question about the first one. How do you defeat this? I mean, it's been 24 years and people are still uh, asking questions about the first one, let alone the second one, which is probably the, I would argue is the most like the fan favorite in the series uh, that still has a very fervent base. And then the third one right now, which, you know, they, they're still doing stuff with a guy. When did the third one come out? I don't know, but it's been a while. Well, before we move on, Robert, anything else you would like to add about D- Diablo? Mm, you know, uh, no, I think I'm good, Dave. Well, let's move on to the gaming question of the week that was inspired by the devil himself, Diablo. Rob, who is your favorite villain from a video game and why? Wow, that is a toughen. I know. Isn't it such a damn good question? Hmm. Well, why don't you tell me yours first, Dave? Von, Far Cry 3. I fucking love that guy. He is psychotic. He is just the embodiment of pure evil in a lot of ways. And the shit that your character has to go through in that game is it's great in fact i would argue even still i think the far cry series has absolutely some of the best villains uh they're real people with with unfortunately real you know um despotic ruler reality but real uh motivations sick and twisted motivations but real motivations (laughs) i think the far cry villains are the best did you play far cry 3 at all I have not, no. Gotcha. Have you played a Far Cry at all? Nope, sure haven't. Damn, kid. So many gaps. Yeah, that there are. You'd really like Far Cry, I think. You like first-person shooters. And uh, Far Cry is a... a I, I think it's a solid first-person shooter. I, I think you'd really enjoy it. You should join us sometime. I've been playing through the fifth one with, with my bestie. So, um, so fun. What you got? Anything come to mind? You know, um, trying to think of it, and I'm trying to think like if it's because of the character, if it's because of like the um, the story, just the fight itself, things of that nature. And uh, I mean, it can go either way. I like Vaughn. I think he's a damn good villain. I, if we were going to take this question from the angle of who's your who's your favorite villain that you fucking hate, it would probably be a different answer. One I don't have off the top of my head, but know that you can take it from any angle that you want. I'm not going to hold you to one or the other. You know, the one that comes to mind, I think, because it's maybe it's because I've played the game more recently or it's one that I have more hours into. I would say that one of my favorites 
would have to be a character from Dark Souls. The yeah. Nameless King. So Dark Souls, the Nameless King. You know, it's a very fun fight. And it was one of the ones that you don't have to do. It's an optional fight. It was just a lot of fun. It definitely took me a long time to learn how to beat it. But I remember being the first time ever beating it solo. I was so excited. And it still to this day, it's one of my favorite fights in the game. Nameless King, Dark Souls. Good answer. I, I, I will take it. I really like that question. I think it plays right into the Diablo, you know, because Diablo is a villain. Diablo is a, a great villain, too. You know, absolutely, I would agree. And um, I do think that a close second would have to be, uh, you know, a little call ahead we're going to do would be Virgil from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> so uh, is, Vir- is Virgil... I wrote the episode specifically about the reboot. Is is Virgil in that? Because I know it's a parallel universe. I'm not as familiar with. I'm I'm gonna try to tackle some of it before we talk about it. But is Virgil in that alternate uh, universe? Yeah. So Dante and Virgil are in it. It's very different than the traditional original yep. Devil May Cry. So it's uh, definitely one that you have to play to understand the difference. Gotcha. 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 Well, with that being said. I want to take a little bit of time to talk about what we've been working on. So we just came off of Christmas break, and though we didn't take a break from the podcast, we did do shorter episodes, and we did have some time off work. And one thing that I've spent some time doing is planning and laying the groundwork for pretty much the whole year, huh? That we did. You know, one of the things that we've been doing that I realized is that we've been encouraging you to share your memories, but on what? I mean, there's literally tens of thousands, well, millions of games now, and you're just going to tell us anything? It, it doesn't It doesn't really work. So we have a schedule. We know what games we're going to be talking about, and that should give you all an opportunity to share a little, at least a little bit more pointed it should help you know what you're contributing to. I, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, in this exact order, our episodes are going to cover the Devil May Cry reboot, uh, River City Ransom, Duke Nukem 3D, The Sims, Mario Party, Contra, Silent Hill, Ninja Gaiden, Journey, Descent, and the original Resident Evil. And that's just through March. Uh, we have some interesting episodes scattered in after that. Uh, I'm going to be doing one on Space War, the first commercial arcade console. Nurburgring 1, the first first-person racing game. I'm going to be looking at a history of advertising games and a history of uh, massively multiplayer racing games. So there's some really fun topics that I'm I'm honestly looking looking forward to um, looking forward to bring to all of you. Robert, there are some topics that we planned that you're excited for. You know, as I just mentioned, Devil May Cry is one of my favorite game series, so definitely looking forward to that one. Even though it's well. the reboot, even though it's the reboot one, you know, even though it is the reboot, I did enjoy the game still as a new Devil May Cry. It definitely didn't have the same charm and appeal as the older ones, but at its core, it was still a Devil May Cry. Towards the end of the year, we got Pokemon. I know you're excited for that. Absolutely. 
And at one point, we're going to talk about Rocket League, which is our community addiction. So we're going to have some fun. Probably invite our Rocket League buddies to tell some good stories about Rocket League, eh? Oh, yeah, that'll be a good old time. Right there at episode 50 for our golden anniversary, we're going to be doing Chrono Trigger, which is a fucking classic. Not even going to lie. That should that should be exciting. Man, there's just a lot of great titles we're going to be doing to, from now to the end of the year. I'm I'm currently I'm going to work on a portion of our website that's going to be a calendar of upcoming events. It's going to have the games clustered by month. And there you'll kind of be able to uh, go and look and see what we're going to be doing topics on. So like I said, the hope is that you'll know what to get involved with. You know, where we have email, you can email memories to. We have our Discord you can join. We have uh, a submittable form on our website that you could you could go on and just fill in. There are, you can hit me up on Twitter. There are a lot of ways you could share your stories, but the one thing is, is if you never knew what the hell I was going to talk about, how the hell could I expect you to share anything with me? You know what I mean? Absolutely. That. So I got my shit together and got organized and now we know we know everything. And the other cool part about that is I've had some people express interest in wanting to join us for our podcast. But again, because we were we were fly of our pants, you know, you know, flying by in the seat of our pants, we never really knew who to invite for what. And I'm going to be scheduling guests throughout the year, too. So you're going to be able to hear people that aren't me ramble on. Or maybe they won't ramble. It's probably just me that rambles. But I'm sure that you're all really tired of hearing me talk constantly. I know my wife is, for instance. So, I, I you know, I hear that all the time. But anyway, uh, it'll be nice to hear some other voices in the gaming community join us. You know what I mean? Right you are, Dave. Right you are. Anything else you want to add related to the planning that we've been doing? Uh, thanks, Dave. You're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note i took some time and fixed our patreon we've vaguely talked about it but i haven't really ever pushed it because i didn't do anything with it that's on me i was behind on everything a i got rid of the clutter there is now one tier it's a two dollar tier and you may ask yourselves well what dave why two why not one dollar because the truth of the matter is after the fees and taxes that the one dollar tier takes off it's worth like no money whatsoever. You know, it's two dollars. It's another another dollar. It's half a Starbucks coffee. It's donate uh what you'd put towards a McDouble towards us per month. Uh we get a little bit of money and I mean realistically guys that money just goes towards paying for our web space, paying for our podcasting host. You know, I'm at this point really crossing my fingers to break even with that. It's not like the cost of this is breaking the bank. But it would be nice to not, if that makes sense. Does that make sense, Rob? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Aside from, you know, only having a $2 tier, I have weekly community posts. Uh, they come out the week before for patrons. And then the day of the podcast, since there's no point in them being private anymore, uh, they'll be released to the public. So, and we'll we'll talk about them. So basically, we have patron-only community polls related to each episode. And I've scattered some behind-the-scenes posts, too. So there will actually be content on our Patreon. Uh, though, truthfully, you know, I wouldn't put a lot of emphasis on the content there. 
my one ask is if you like listening to us and you want to help support us, you go and you pledge the $2 tier. That's really it. Help support the community. One thing I was debating, uh, I don't know if there's any interest for it, but I have debated tossing around the, you know, toss the idea around of posting unedited episodes exclusively for our patrons. So you can hear us in all of our stupid raw glory before I decide to cut all the shit that I say that makes me sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. I figure y'all might have uh, a little bit of an interest in that. If so, let me know. Shoot me an email. Visit our website. Hit the comment box. Hit me up on... Make a comment on Patreon. Make a comment on our Discord. Uh, If you want to hear, you know, unedited... Uh, let me know. At the very least, I will be posting the podcast episodes. Usually, I'm I'm fi- I'm finished editing with them by the prior afternoon. Once I've finished editing them, I will be putting them putting them up early uh, on Patreon before they go live uh, on the RSS feeds the following day. So that's my plan with Patreon. Go visit our Patreon. There's a link to it on our website. Pledge two dollars, support us. There's a reason to do it. Finally, so. Anything you want to Yay. add to that? Yay! We're yeah, give base... us give us your 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 big your not your big give us your McDoubles. McDoubles. We're give hungry us your too. McDoubles. Yeah, we're hungry too. We have uh, we're on Facebook finally. Took me you know uh, four months to do it, but I finally published and made our Facebook page live. Uh, so now we're on the cesspool that is known as Facebook. So you can uh, find us there. Uh, find links to our episodes and make nasty comments like most people do on Facebook if you want to. Right? Right. Where else can people find us, Rob? Rob, you well, still there? Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we can be found at, as Dave has mentioned several times throughout today's episode, memorycardlane.com. There, can, you may also can, find current features go. such as show notes, biographies of Dave and I, if I ever get around to writing mine, yeah. four months in and I still haven't. I am the better procrastinator of the family. That's right. I will say that. Uh, you can also find old episodes as well as, as Dave had mentioned, some upcoming features like that calendar that he said he would put up there. Yep, I'll get to it. I'm ahead on a lot of stuff, so I'm going to have some time to do it. What else? Uh, you can also find links to our social media on memorycardlane.com. You can find a direct link to me on Twitter where I post as David underscore is underscore wrong, where I mostly post as uh, mostly post Rocket League. Not going to lie. It's pretty much all Rocket League related. Uh, Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? Well, I can be found streaming games on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. I plan on streaming some of these games with Dave here, especially starting with the Diablo series. So, you know, if that's something you're interested, hit that follow button, get some notifications, and uh, look out for when we plan on playing. There's not really any rhyme or reason to when it's going to happen. It's just kind of when we both feel like it. So, you never know. Just tune on in. What are you streaming lately? Uh, Lately has been a little bit of Tarkov. And a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege because uh, you know I like my shooters. Definitely love my shooters, so it would be nice glutton. to get a break away from those. Goddamn glutton for punishment! Oh, right, you are. That's why we play Rocket League. Well, I think that'll about do it for today's episode. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Before I wrap it up, Rob, would you like to add anything? 
as I say every week, thank you all so much for listening. We'd be here without you, but it makes a hell of a lot more fun when you're here. So hope you're enjoying what you're hearing and let us know. We love to hear from you. You know, give us give us those hellos, those hey, you guys sucks. Anything. Just interact with us. It's more fun. Right on, right on. Well, folks, next week we're going to be looking back, as we said, at 2013's reboot of the Devil May Cry series, DMC Devil May Cry, or as I like to call it, the emo Devil May Cry game. Very accurate way of calling it. Yes, that is a great description. (laughs) Aside from looking at how it was received and how we feel about about it, I plan on asking some hard-hitting pertinent questions like, was it necessary? And was it worth it? What do you think? Rob, do you think it was necessary? We'll save that for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to join, make sure to send in your opinions on memorycardlane.com for a chance to have your opinion featured. And then be sure to join us again next week as we continue to take on demons because, hey, two weeks in a row of demons, we got a theme going on here. But join us again next week as we continue to take another trip down memory card lane. Da-da-da-ba-ba-da-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-